Merloni, Fourier, and Benz on the WEEI Sports Radio Network and WEEI.com. It's time to get rid of fighting. Tell me it's over. As much as I like the good scrap in my day, too many issues here involving concussions, too many problems. The teams are going away from it. Let's grow up and get rid of it. We'll start right there with our guest at this time, the 1 o'clock hour. He always joins us on Thursdays, Pierre Maguire from NBC. Pierre, that was Mike Milbury from your first game with the Bruins this year between the benches, the opener at the Garden, Flyers and Bruins. Last night you were between the benches as well, Red Wings and Bruins. And again, Mike talked about getting fighting out of the game. Good back and forth with him and Bob McKenzie. Where do you stand on this? Well, first of all, I commend Mike. That's a real tough position change for him. And I know how much he does enjoy a good scrap, and I know how hard he had to play in order to get into the National Hockey League. So for him to basically do a, a 180 is pretty strong stuff, and that requires a lot of courage. It's basically saying I was wrong all those previous years. I think one of the things, and this I can't speak for Mike, um, but I respect him very much as a teammate. We've worked together now for eight years, and uh, I coached a lot of games against him and, and coached games when he was managing teams. So I, I think I know Mike pretty well, but I can't speak for him. But what I can tell you just from my experience is that I go around the league, and I've been in the league now, for almost 27 years. Um, it's scary when you get to be my age and you see some of the results from some of the players that were doing all that fighting for all those years. It, it's not as glamorous as you think. And I think potentially that's what some of the... If you see some of the people that have been in the league for a long time, I think you're seeing that they're starting to say, you know what, maybe there's got to be some adjustments that happen. Yeah, and Pierre, you used a phrase earlier in your response that I wanted to seize on there. You said... Mike was aware of how he needed to scrap to get into the league. And Bob, during the back and forth, cited some numbers. While fighting is down in the NHL, it's at the normal level, or if not augmented even a little at the junior level, because guys still see that as a way to get to the National Hockey League. How is that the case when fighters are being diminished more and more all the time at the top level of the game, though? It's a great question, and it's a fair point, but I think you're going to see that start to diminish, too, at the minor league levels. And I don't mean the American League, where guys are going to be fight, do whatever they can to get a job. Uh, Christian can probably speak to it. Um, just the battling you have to do in order to keep a job in professional sport is pretty tough, and sometimes fighting's a byproduct of that in our sport. Um, but it's, it's a very fair point. Now, here's the one thing I would say. It's a caveat to the whole thing. But there's no fighting in college hockey. You fight in college hockey and you're out. And I just spent the day at the U.S. National Development Program out in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and most of those kids are going to college, and most of those kids are going to be first and second round picks, and there's no fighting going on there. And I think you're starting to see it start to change a little bit, and I do think it's going to take some time, but I do think there'll be a change as we go forward. Pierre, last night the Bruins probably put their best effort um, of the season together, but it was late in that game I wanted to ask you because, as we mentioned before, you said you know because they roll out four lines, and Claude Julien loves to roll out four lines. Yeah. yeah for about the, what, the second half of the third period, it was just three lines. Right? Look at Spooner, four minutes of ice time. You see Paye, eight minutes of ice time. You almost felt, felt the urgency, right, because you see Gagne line up to that first line there. A little bit mm-hmm. changed from Claude Julien. I know he doesn't want to do that all the time, but you saw something different from him. Well, you did a little bit. There was a sense of urgency. There's no question after McQuaid took the penalty and, and Detroit scored on Nyquist's goal uh, to tie it up. There was there was a real playoff intensity on the bench. I talked to both linesmen last night, Mark Suchuk and Scott Cherry. Both those guys have been around for a long time. 
And at the end of regulation, they said to me, boy, that's just like a playoff pace. I said, yeah, you're bang on. Exactly. It's a playoff pace for both teams because there was urgency from both teams. One of the things I think Claude has to manage here is not having Gregory Campbell. He obviously doesn't have Sean Thornton, who's moved on. But not having Gregory Campbell takes away that fourth-line center position. Campbell and Pye have unbelievable chemistry. Spooner's not built for that. Spooner's an offensive point producer. And he's not going to beat out David Krejci. He's not going to beat out Patrice Bergeron. He's not going to beat out Cardinal Soderberg. So it's tough for him to be getting those trusted shutdown minutes that Campbell would usually get. You know, I asked you about uh, Gagne, too, you know, in that uh, fourth line. He mm-hmm. started off in that fourth line. He jumped up to that first line, and, and obviously he's been out of the game for a long time, but I, I, th- I thought they actually moved pretty well, you know, together. Now, do you anticipate something like that? What do you see in Simone Gagne, and can he help this team? Simone Gagne is an extremely smart player. I go back to watching him play for, for Bullport in Quebec in the Quebec Major Junior League, and uh, the 2 Olympics was really his coming out party, playing on the line with Jerome McGinley and Joe Sackick. He was fantastic on that line, and that's when people started to really recognize him as being a top-end player in the league. Uh, one of his real traits as a player, Lou, is just his hockey savvies and intensities and intelligence. So uh, he fits in really well there. He had at, at least three really good chances with the game on the line. I know he's a little bit frustrated that he didn't finish them off, but this reminds me a little bit. I'm not equating the two players, but the situation reminds me a little bit of Timu Solani. Back in 04, Timu Solani was playing uh, for the Colorado Avalanche, and Tony Granato was the head coach, and he was a healthy scratch. Timu was for the first time in his career in a regular season game, or a playoff game, excuse me, in San Jose. And I talked to Timo afterwards. He was virtually in tears in the lobby of the Fairmont Hotel in San Jose. But the next year, the lockout came, and Timo was able to rehabilitate himself in terms of his knee and his lower body. And look how much many more years he played because of that. Simon Gagne took last year off after winning the Stanley Cup in L.A., and I'm convinced that that year off will help him be a very useful player for Boston. All right, Pierre. So, listen, I've been waiting for a long time for this uh, Boston Bruins Montreal Canadiens matchup for one reason, <laughs> one reason only. Okay, you got you got Dale, you got Dale Weiss, and you got Milan Lucic. Okay, are those guys going to go at? Does Milan Lucic have to, I guess, um, lend some credibility to his comments that he made after their game was done last season? I don't think so. Everybody in the league knows what Milan's all about, Christian. I think the biggest thing is if you saw my interview with Milan last night post game, I asked him about the Canadians and the rivalry situation, and he just smiled. He was smiling like a butcher's dog to coin a, frame for my old, a phrase for my old friend Mike Lang in Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> he just wants to go play. And, and if he gets physical, he's not going to turn and walk away. He's going to get physical, too. So I, I would expect that tonight will be tough. Now, I, I, can I say one thing on Boston Radio defending the Bruins here? Because I'm ticked off, and Uh-oh. I think people need to know about this. Yeah. This schedule that the Bruins have been presented to start the year is just grotesque. Three games and four nights twice. In eight nights? Yeah, six games. That's, this team's that's out there not that, civilized. This team's out there that played three games so far. This will be six tonight. Yeah, but it's not. I'm telling you guys, I've done it uh, playing overseas and, and playing uh, and coaching, and I can tell you three games and four nights is tough. Three games and four nights in almost back-to-back situations, one afternoon game where you play Colorado on Columbus Day, that, that's not right. And if you look at the travel schedule, those guys probably didn't get in and, and – probably get to sleep until 3.30 or 4 o'clock this morning. That's just not right. It's not right. I'm just telling you. Well, it's funny you bring that up here because we just got through speaking with Stephen A. Smith about the NBA schedule and what Dirk Nowitzki had to say. You probably know they're going to try to 
have a little experiment here to see if right. NBA games should be shorter. Nowitzki right. was asked about that. He said, well, forget about the length of games. Let's talk about the schedule. Maybe the schedule should be more around 62 games. Uh, Lou is you know, a guy who played 162 games a year in Major League Baseball, was quick to point out, said, well, okay, you're going to get paid less. You know that, right? Uh, how do you think hockey players would handle that discussion if it ever really got put before the Players Association? Less hockey in the regular season, if it took a little money away, would they be okay with it if they trimmed the regular season, say, 10 games? I don't think they'd trim the games, but here's one thing that I think could be a subtle compromise, Tim, is that you would have uh two 25 minute periods rather than three 20 minute periods so you basically shave 10 minutes off a game i know it's something that when i was coaching in college hockey when we uh had board meetings down in florida it was something that was discussed now this is back in the 1980s but i also know when i was coaching in the league coaches were talking about different ways that we could sell the game better on tv and get tv networks more interested and one of the things we did talk about was rather than playing three periods playing two uh periods so two 25 minute periods which would shave 10 minutes off the game but i don't see the owners ever or the players ever giving up money and i don't see them cutting the schedule i definitely don't see what that. about 315s um i mean that's the intermission too. the intermission again, you still the problem you have is you still have the, the the Zamboni twice. Yeah, well, that's that's where I was going with it because wouldn't they have to scrape the ice? I mean, would they? Wouldn't there be concerns about? Well, I guess you could do a dry scrape or something, right? With uh, with two twenty fives. The ice. I can tell you, everybody complains about the ice. Let me tell you, get somebody on that played in Madison Square Garden before they had the retrofit. Get somebody that played in the odd in Buffalo, in uh, in late April. Get somebody that played up in the Coliseum. Get somebody that played in Chicago Stadium. I coached in a series that ended on June 1st in Chicago Stadium and find out what the ice was like. Get somebody that played in the old Boston Garden see what the ice was like. The ice is so much better today than what the guys used to have to deal with. It's amazing. You know, Pierre, I don't know if you've done any of the Montreal, the Canadian games yet or not, but obviously they're playing them tonight. And I'm just curious. I've watched you... every one they've played. I have not broadcast, but I've watched every single like, game they've played. Like Buchanan looks like he's absolutely on fire, but Kerry Price yeah. maybe not off to the best start. What, what have you seen early start from the Canadians? Um, teams kind of, it's been funny because they've showed a lot of character. They've come from behind in most of their games. They got absolutely torched by Tampa Bay. Um, but the biggest thing is I've seen, it's not so much on Kerry. Uh, they've been giving up a ton of chances. They really have. You go back to watching their second game of the season, which was a back-to-back. They played in Toronto on a Wednesday and Washington on a Thursday. And the Thursday night in Washington, the first period, they should have been down 3 nothing, But Dustin Tokarski saved their bacon, and eventually they came back and won the game. Um, you look at their game in Philadelphia on last Saturday night, they're down 3 nothing in the game. They come from behind. Uh, big problem is their defense is giving up too many chances right now, and they know that as a group. I think you'll see them play tighter tonight, but I would expect Boston, who played a great game last night, I expect Boston to really push tonight. I know they don't like Montreal very much. Well, Pierre, thanks a lot for joining us. I, I know what you said earlier to Christian's question, but if you do see Lucic pregame, please remind him that here in New England, the Patriots play at 830 so if he is going to do something big with the Canadians, if he could squeeze it in the first period for us, we'd love him for Here's it. the one deal. I, I'll be watching picture-in-picture picture on a lot of things. I'll be watching the football game, too. I am not working the game. Oh. I'm actually All back right. home in Connecticut. So I'll be watching from the confines of my office. But I will be watching the Patriots and the Jets. <laughs> thanks, Pierre. All right, Pierre. You guys take care. Awesome visiting with you. Take As always, always, thanks, thanks Pierre. Right, Pierre McGuire from NBC here on 93.7 WEEI.